This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with... Chuck and Daniel. Um, today we got uh, Daniel Fielding, who wrote a book, uh, The Asset Mindset. Dan, uh, I don't know. First, tell us a little bit about yourself. So myself, I'm uh, a guy that just grew up in blue collar family. My dad was my biggest, you know, mentor and hero in the beginning. Um, grew up through life playing sports, doing football, karate, played baseball a little bit. Uh, went to um, college to get a degree and my real estate license. And then 9-11 happened and changed my world. Like it changed so many others world and lives. And I had to do something. So I ended up joining the military, the US Army and becoming a Green Beret with the seven special forces group. And did that for a little while and then got out and worked as a department of defense contractor with active duty troops. And also had some time doing security for Kid Rock back uh, when I first got out. And now that I live in Nashville, I'm back to uh, doing security for him again. Been a little over two plus years. So oh, wow. yeah, it's been an interesting ride, interesting life. So that's a quick little summary. But if you want to know more, I mean, there is the book. <laughs> but there you go. That's the answer, right? Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, that, you know, that, that sounds like every kid's dream, you know, go around with a rock star and uh, be a, uh, you know, special forces guy. You're kind of kind of cover it all there um yeah where are you from amazing. what uh what, what state did you grow up in as a kid i mean you said nashville yeah. now but um i was born just outside of boston massachusetts so on the south shore and grew up there like i said blue car family we had some land we had chickens you know i was born in the 70s so it was not like it is today you know we came home like when it was dark you didn't know where you you know where you're gonna go and who you're gonna hang out with. It just kind of happened, and if you came home after dark, then you got in trouble. But yeah, so I, I grew up in um, Massachusetts originally. Nice. Yeah. Now I'm uh, I'm from New York, but uh, we uh, I don't know the last about five years ago the taxes got to me and uh, down in uh, North Carolina now. So I don't know a little bit of excitement. <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, I was in the Navy. I uh, on a guided missile cruiser from uh, ninety six to like two thousand two, somewhere around there. So yeah, no, September eleventh, I was uh, I was still in. I was I was in Norfolk that morning, and uh, my ship actually was in New York Harbor uh, that evening. So, uh, wow, it yeah, they like you know up and go. And being from New York, I was like, oh, you know, that's yeah, that, that's yeah. intense. Um, so, uh, so what is the asset mindset? Like what, what's the, the idea? Like, like, I don't know what, what's the takeaway we're looking for, I guess with that. Well, the asset mindset is a 
life philosophy, pretty much. Like there's a lot of books on mindset, like who to think certain ways. Well, the asset mindset is a philosophy for life that goes across the board in everything you're doing. You kind of judge everything as it's an asset or a liability in your life. Are you with good people or are you with bad people that are bringing you down? Are you doing a career or job that you love? Are you doing things you're passionate about? So it's a mindset where you're realizing, hey, I am my greatest asset in life. I have more ability to affect my life and change than anybody else. So that's number one. The first thing you need to realize in the asset mindset is that you're the driver, you know, in your car of life. You you're accountable take- for you, huh? Yes. Yeah. You need to own it. You know, own the power. I say all the time when I sign my books, I'm like, own the power, like own your own power. Realize if you don't like your job, go find another one. How many people complain about their job and then go home, have dinner and watch TV, like build a resume, go out there, do a side hustle, get something going. Like you have nobody to blame, especially nowadays with technology. Even if you don't like technology that much, you can YouTube things, you can learn stuff. It's all out there. You just need to do the work. That's that's one of the things I think. Like you know, they always say uh, w- with like you said, you kind of create your world. I guess is is how I interpret what you're saying. You know, I mean, you you choose what you choose to be around and and who you hang out with and what kind of things you focus on. Um, no, I I read most of the book and uh, and it was a lot of. That kind of, you know, it, it's the people you surround yourself with. You know, they say you can, you know, take that, the only income are like the six closest friends. And, and then that should be like your income because you kind of, it's that what you believe you're capable of. And, and, you know, and, and also that idea of, of people tend to focus on negativity or focus on the positive you know, and it's just like you pick one or the other and you choose the world you make. So, no, I, I appreciate that. No, absolutely. And it, you're bringing into the second point when you talk about, you know, the people you're around. Here. So that's one of your choices. Yeah. So the, the people you're around do rub off on you. They're influences. Like there's nothing more influential. I saw in a recent Harvard study. I wish I could quote, you know, what study number or people could go look it up. But it was saying one of the great successes or to be successful in life is surrounding yourself with positive people that are going to lift you up or that are winners or that are going out there and doing things and achieving goals. If you're with people that are just complaining, you know, I mean, I like to have a good time, barbecue, cookout, tend to party or whatever. But if that's all you do, that's just sitting around and drinking beer, maybe watching football. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to have something else that's like the highlight of your week or something that is, you know, unless you're passionate and you're a player and you're involved that way and that's your dream. Great. But my point is don't waste your time on doing things that aren't going to change your life and don't waste your time with people that aren't helping you or motivating. you. Yeah. And that's that's where it's always so discouraging. You see everybody get so kind of caught up in social media and stuff like that. Like there's benefits. I mean, honestly, in, in my mind, you could watch TV three or four hours a day. And if you were watching the right stuff, it could be an asset and a good thing. You Absolutely. know, like like I don't see that as it has to be bad. But maybe watching, you know, reruns of Seinfeld or something or whatever people watch. I don't know. I haven't had cable and forever but you know that's the thing like it it doesn't have to be bad um you know podcasts can be really you know good uh i I know when i listen to like certain music i can be like inspired and it you know it makes me better so i'm not saying like social media has to be bad it can bring good things and honestly watching youtube can make you you know, better and, and get you closer to your goals if you're doing that all day. But people get so caught up in nonsense and just like kind of time wasting or I guess it's distractions, right? You know, people get, you know, things to basically, oh, I don't want to deal with life. So I'm going to, you know, play command and conquer for 20 hours or whatever it is they do. And, you know, and it just nothing is gained. And, and I think that's, 
like you said, you can kind of create the world you want, but it's going to probably take some effort, you know, to get there. Absolutely. Effort. And then time. I talk about time in my book as being a great asset. When you're wasting your time and just doing something that's spinning your wheels, like you said, playing a video game, if you're spending, you know, what, four or five hours a day times, you know, seven days a week, like that's a lot. Of, that's almost like a full-time job. What could you do yeah. towards one of your goals or, you know, getting another job or making more money with a side hustle? Time is limited. And I like to talk about time, you know, I use a lot of vehicle analogies or different analogies, as I'm sure you've seen in the book, but like we're all born with the gas tank, you know, of time. We don't know how long that time is going to be. You may have a 50 gallon tank. I may have a 45 gallon tank, but do you want to run efficiently too? Like if you take care of yourself, that fuel is going to last a little longer, but time is a great asset and you don't know when it's going to run out. So you need to take advantage of it in the now. You know, that's why even right. in my book, my recommended read it, reading list is Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, because we say a mm-hmm. lot of the similar same things, or like you mentioned when we first spoke, Napoleon Hill, like the truth is the truth. Right. And that's all I'm doing is highlighting the truth to achieve success. And I've been blessed to do it in a way where it's really getting through to people. That's what's been amazing to me is how many people I've been able to touch. You know, I joined the military after right. 9-11, like we spoke was to, you know, hey, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to make the world a better place. You know, and I did. I did great things with my team. I mean, you can kind of see some pictures in the background and whatnot. But, you know, that was fantastic. And that was a great chapter. But I'm now learning, honestly, the pen is mightier than the sword or the rifle as, you know, I didn't want to run around with a sword. But <laughs> no, not same, so much. The analogy, you know, like it really is. I'm touching more lives than I ever thought I would. I had a 92-year-old lady come up to me at like a book signing and say I changed her life. I'm like, nice. you're 92. You must have so much experience and knowledge. You know, like right. I want to learn from you. And she goes, no, right. your book motivated me. I have a job again at 92 years old. I'm like, what? Nice. She goes, yeah, I had to get back out there, interact with people. And I, that's what I wanted to do. You know, and I was like, that type of stuff is inspiring to me. Like she got out of the house. She was just, you know, getting sick of just being sitting around and whatnot. And I was like, more power to you, woman. You know, I signed her book and yeah. she was smiles. I gave her a hug. And yeah, it was good stuff. Those are the type of things that really move you. Yeah, no, I like it. That's that's the big thing. Like people need a purpose, I think, too. Like her going back and getting a job and whatever it you know, it seems once people kind of have nothing going on, then they fade away. But people who are, you know, still working at the the store they created or whatever, just doing whatever it is you love. It doesn't even have to be a job. You know, yeah. it's helping out at the shelter. Or maybe people are caught up in their church and, you know, all kinds of, you know, just being involved. But you need yeah. a purpose and you need a purpose that's fulfilling. And like you said, you know, really hopefully benefiting the people around you. I mean, you obviously, you know, have that mindset of like a servant kind of thing. If you put the effort and write this book and and being in the military and, and doing something like that, I like it. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's been amazing. And I love how you say purpose. We all need that. I mean, I think that's kind of contributing to some of the issues that people are having with mental health. Yeah. Like if you're not doing something that you believe in or you don't feel internally and it may be subconsciously too, like you don't have a purpose. If you feel your life is meaningless, like you're just going to some job you hate, coming home every day to like eat, watch TV for a little bit, go to bed, get up, do the same thing all over again. Like, of course, you're going to feel horrible in life. Of course, that's going to wear on you mentally and subconsciously. If you're doing something, you get up and you are like, wow, I can't wait to work with this person or work on this project or, oh, I'm going to do this today. Like that's game changing. And I like to talk about, think about any event that you've done in your life, whether it's going on vacation, you were a kid, it was Christmas or your birthday and you wake up, how do you feel on those days when you have a purpose or excitement? You have no problem getting out of bed. You're going to vacation and getting on a flight to go to the Bahamas or do something. Or if it's your birthday and you're going to be opening presents or got a party to go to or whatever it may be, a wedding. Those days, that'll show you right there the difference between living with a purpose and just going through the motions. 
Uh, that's a great example. Like I like that, you know, cause you're right. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's what motivates you. And, and when you're motivated, you're accomplishing so much more. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, people get caught up in a routine and whatever. And, and honestly, if your routine makes you happy, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if, oh, if you know, getting up, you know, like you said, I kind of got the whole like farm thing going on here where it's, you know, maybe not some people's mind. I don't know. To me, it's a big farm to farmers. It's a small farm. It's, you know, whatever, but you know, chickens and, and rabbits and, and, uh, dogs and things to plant and tractors and things going on. And to me, that makes me happy. Right. I, I have purpose and whatever. And, and I used to kind of same thing. I, I think that's one of the big things that happens with a lot of military guys is you kind of, I, I don't know. A lot of the guys I know kind of don't want to be out hanging out with people and, and socializing and interacting with the world and, and kind of, uh, I maybe I, I hate to use the word distaste for it, but I don't know. A lot of guys come back angry from, from, uh, military life. I'll say that. Um, and, um, when I, kind of moved out of New York where also people aren't exactly as chatty and friendly, you know, everywhere you go in New York as they are maybe in the South. And now I was like, you know, I'm going to change my life though. And like, you know, it's that mindset of, all right, you know what, I'm going to go to my wife uh, does like a lot of farmers markets and things like that. And I'm going to go and I start hanging out with the mayor in my small town at the farmers market, you know, and we go around and meet everybody and, and whatever. And it's, a different attitude and a different, uh, you know, kind of mindset where you get out and involve with people and it's really uplifting and it really, you know, helping other people like that is, you know, it is really game changing, I guess, with how you, your mental status, you know, changes oh, your mental mindset, you know, healthier. Yeah. You'll be much healthier, more positive. You know, my dad told me many years ago that, if you can lay your head on the pillow at night and know that you did something that day, at least one thing to move your life forward. So when you get up tomorrow, it's a better day and you can lay your head on the pillow without stress. Like you were a good person. You don't feel guilty about anything. You treated people right. He goes and be at peace when you go to sleep. He goes, that's success. Yeah. And I think he's absolutely right on. It doesn't matter what success is to me, to you or to any of your viewers it matters to them what it is like if they can go to bed at night saying, you know what? I spent time working on my farm all day and I'm happy. I've got food I'm providing for the family or I'm selling at the farmer's market. Then guess what? They have reached success, you know, in their world. Right. Someone else right. that's, Hey, I'm trying to write a book or I want to be a musician. And I just recorded, you know, my first song or whatever. Then great. You know, we all have different, things or ideas that make us happy and what success is. So I think we should encourage each other, not put each other down, which I think that's happening a lot too, because people yeah. feel bad about themselves. And I talk about that in my book, a crab mentality. It's like the crabs in the bucket. Oh, you, know, know. you have one in there, he can, he can crawl out. You put a yeah. bunch in there. Every time one gets close to climbing out, the other ones pull it back down. It's like, they don't want to see the other one be successful and get out. Now, not everybody's like that. That's why I say you got to surround yourself with good people. But that is very important if you want to have success and purpose is to find the motivation you want. And I try and do that in my book, too. Like, that's one of the things I speak about is, like, how do you find that spark? You know, how do you go about knowing what am I going to do with my life or what really makes me happy? And that's where you need to take time yourself and have some reflection. Go for a walk, be right. out in nature, get some alone time. You know, do some meditation, whatever it is that works for you, but you got to figure out and reflect on what makes you happy. Yeah, that's that's the big thing is getting out and experiencing different things, I think, makes a big difference in, you know, how you're able to choose and shape your world. You know, if you have only known certain things. But I also back to your uh, kind of crab mentality, you know, yeah, that's that's so and it, it's so obvious when you're looking at it. 
Um, as far as like, you know, I, I can hang out with people at work and I'm like, oh, you know, I want to do this, you know, new business thing and, and whatever. And, you know, guys, oh, that can't work. You know, you're, you know, and they just jump right on and kind of bring you down and defeat your ideas before you even move on. And then, you know, when I work with other people, it's, you know, night and day, you know, of, oh yeah, that's awesome. Look, I've done things like that. You could definitely do that, you know, and, and it's who you surround yourself with. And that, you know, is one of the benefits of like social media and that kind of thing where you can find a group of positive people if there's not enough, you know, around you. I mean, I'm not saying that should be maybe where you're going to find it. I like real people, you know, as, as a general rule, but, uh, there's pros you know, and cons to everything. Yeah, so. exactly. It's, it's right. It's a tool, right? You know, like it's we say tool. with guns, we say with everything. It's you know, it's a tool. It can be good or bad. You know, it it can really you know benefit you or it can bring you down. And and that's no, that's that's it's funny. I'm a, a, a electrician. We kind of have that. It's it's kind of like that. Like the work schedule is like a fireman kind of thing where if nothing breaks, you're just hanging around and a lot of free time and I can be working on my podcast or doing, you know, whatever, or I might, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, where I'm nonstop calls and everything's broken and the world's ending, you know, it's, it's one of those things. No, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, what we're talking about here are, keys to life and to being successful and everybody can do it. And that's where I say like the asset mindset isn't just for special forces. Now, if you want to be in special forces, you better have the asset mindset. You better be able to overcome obstacles. You better be able to embrace the suck, but you can be a regular person, civilian, male, female, whatever it is. Like you can do that. Like you can have the asset mindset. Many people have it. I've seen it through, you know, celebrities and people that haven't served. They still get up early or have that work ethic or doing what needs to be done or having the passion to go after their dreams. And they spend hours working on a project or a song or whatever it may be. How many people are like, oh, I wish I could write a book or do this. And they talk and then they waste, you know, all this time on I, mean, I don't even know how you do it, how you find the time and, and commit. But I mean, I, I guess I do. I, I, I end up, you know, working the time with my podcast and, and things like that. I mean, we actually put a decent amount of effort into, you know, prepping stuff and, and setting up to, you know, do research. I feel like if I'm going to, somebody's going to give me their time and, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to spend an hour with you a week or 40 minutes or whatever, then, I, I know I'm not listening to somebody's podcast unless I feel like I'm getting a takeaway, you know, where oh, I'm, I'm like, Hey, either one, I, I, I feel better about myself or whatever, but I mean, me, I'm usually looking for like, wow, I learned something I didn't know. Wow. That's a different approach to something that's, you know, awesome that I didn't consider. And I want to take away, I want to learn something new. And if I'm going to take up your time, I want to give you something that, Hey, you know, it's worth showing up because look, I, I gave you some knowledge. I don't want to waste your time. You know, it's not, I don't want to just fill the commute to work. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't no, want it to be like, no, I got through it, you know? Well, if you want to know any prepping stuff from a special forces green beret, we can talk that stuff too. I might know or have some experience about, you know, getting ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure. Now, well, what is your kind of take on the world right now? Uh, what What are you thinking as far as what's going on? I mean, it's kind of crazy out there. It is. It is crazy. But if you study history, this isn't the only crazy moment in time. So that I always kind of fall back on. You know, I mean, you can yeah. look at the Cuban Missile Crisis. You can look at World War One, World War Two, all these different things. Is it crazy? Do I feel we're teetering a little bit? Yes. Do I feel we're kind of losing our way as a country a little bit? Yes. But are we salvageable? That answer is also yes. Could we trip and fall? Every empire that's ever been on this earth hasn't lasted forever. So can we last longer? Yes. But I mean, we all have to be humble and realize we're not going to be on top forever. You know, it just no. it doesn't. Well, work I like that to way. like to think we are, but yeah, yeah no, I'm yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, we all like, like that. And we, I we hope like that idea, right? You know, but it's yeah. just 
facts. But as far as the world right now, I think people need to be prepared to take care of themselves, their family, and the ones they love and the people around them. If you are not ready for, you know, a catastrophe or bad things happening, you could be in serious trouble. And we are not immune. A lot of people think here in America, like, oh, bad things can't happen. But look what just happened in Hawaii. You know, yeah. those people, if they weren't very, you can look at hurricane stuff where people are out of power. Um, Texas yeah. had the heat wave and, you know, power went out and they were having problems. Like if you don't have the ability to make it for some time with your family, like you don't have water, you don't have energy, you don't have food. I mean, God forbid yeah. it ever happens. But if we have to go, you know, we saw what happened with that whole virus stuff going around and shelves were empty. Yeah, Imagine yeah. if it was real six months of like, there's no power in this power grid or, you know, you can't go to the grocery store and get food. What are you going to do? And that's going to be chaos because I don't care who you are. You're going to want to feed your kid. And if they're really starving and you're starving, you may skew your line of where you're uh, comfortable. Of what's moral or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know what? I hate to do this, but I want my child to survive or I want to feed my wife or, you know, so yep. you need to be ready for things going bad. And another example I think is you talked about the world, like look at Ukraine. You go back a couple of years ago, if you visited Ukraine and walked around at beautiful cities, you know, you could go shopping, you could eat at restaurants. Now it's a war zone. It doesn't take very long to destroy a country. It takes a hell of a long time to rebuild it. If you blow up a building, or something like that, that's one bomb, boom, seconds. How long does it take and how many people to clean up the rubble, rebuild, you're an electrician, wiring, you know, all the plumbing, everything. It's, it's not a quick fix. It's easy to destroy stuff. It's not easy to rebuild. Right. No, definitely. The, uh, I, I don't, it, it's amazing. We had listeners who were in Puerto Rico, you know, when they had all that issue, yeah, what was it two years ago, I guess, when they had that big hurricane that kind of like wiped out the island. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I had guys reach out and were like, hey, you know, you've pushed me to do the long term food storage. And man, it really paid off for me. And I'm like, and like you said, you get that satisfaction of, wow, you know, I really helped somebody, you know, kind of had them a little more prepared and whatever. And I, I think, you know, Glenn Beck had that book, uh, The Overton Window or something. And he just, it, it's mm -hmm. a mindset of, you know, of people, they've never seen it before. You know, America's never had real struggle, or at least in our lifetime, right? You know, obviously we yeah, had the depression and things like that. Right, right. But it's, I've never seen it. So I, I don't know what that would be like. And like you said, like, you know, you, you mentioned Ukraine, Venezuela was the same thing where, you know, Venezuela was thriving and amazing. And, you know, when Obama kept running around going, you know, that if I had a country, it would be Venezuela. That would be, you know, he also said Detroit, if he had a city, you know, that <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but, um, but that's it. You know, the world can dramatically change. And even just like, if people had their, you know, more, uh, you know, I, I, I use the word long-term food storage. I don't mean your 25 year shelf life. I mean, you have a stockpile of food, you know, you have food that's going to last a little bit beyond, you know, this week, you know, some people really are like two days, you know, if they don't go to the yeah. grocery store on the way home from work, then there there's a problem, you know, they don't have enough. And something like COVID or something, you know, something simple, obviously COVID wasn't that simple, but something that isn't, you know, world changing, it's not an atomic bomb in the middle of town, but it's still, Hey, you know, you're even losing your job, right? Something like that, having food storage, having stuff prepared, having your bills paid up, you know, for, you know, you kind of write out those checks at the beginning of the month instead of the end of the month, you know, that changes your emergency, you know, need status kind of thing, or, you know, having two grand in the bank or four grand or six grand, you know, all relative to, you know, who you are, but yeah. makes a big difference and can really change things. And it also gives you peace of mind and makes you more confident to kind of take risks and move forward, I think, with other things, which is a nice plus, you know. 
Yeah, it can take some of the stress away. When you see crazy things happen in the world and you know you have that safety net, you know, yeah. are you prepared? You know, we had a storm here, like we talked about. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to right. be an atomic bomb or a terrorist attack. We had, you know, windstorm come here this spring and it took down a tree. But when it took down the tree, it took down the whole entire electrical service from the weatherhead, meter box, everything. It pulled it all off the house and it's laying right. on the ground. So, yeah, the electricity, you know, the electric company is going around turning people's power back on, but they're not going to do that for me. And everybody's, you know, running around in different storms and power outage. Power got back in my neighborhood, but I was still without because my service was laying on the ground, even though they livened it up down the right. street in the pole, it's not getting to my house, you know. Right. So we had to run on my propane generator. Um, luckily, I was prepared. I had a large propane tank. I just ran the wires, boom, plugged it in, started it up. We had our fridge working, you know, we had stove, we had everything we needed to survive. And it made it so that it wasn't that bad. But my wife and I kept thinking, if we didn't have that generator, what would it be like? What would happen yeah. to our freezers? Because we have two freezers. Myself, we raise meat birds and we did 60 Cornish Cross this year. We do that for a number because we at least have one chicken a week, you know, right, figure right. We lose some or we can give a couple away, but you know, and then we have our layers, but we have freezers full of chicken and full of meat and other things. Right. And man, if power was out and we lost all that, I mean, that was so much work. So, yeah. I mean, hundreds of pounds of meat that we would have lost, you know? So yeah. it was, it was nice to have that and that's comforting. And I think everybody needs to have some of that in life. Like you said, you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to have 25, 30 years of food and, you know, right. have a connex full of different stuff, but at least have something. Something I mean, that's that, nice too. But. You know, yeah, oh. <laughs> the more the better. It's one of those things, right? <laughs> it's like people buying guns. I don't know. Um, you know, one or two, who knows? Um, but that's that's the thing is it's just being prepared, I think, to make makes people more confident, you know, when you're not in a desperate situation and taking the steps to, you know, change your life kind of to, to do that is huge. Um, and like you said, if, you know, your job doesn't pay the bills where it's like, well, I can't really, you know, buy any extra. I, I make just enough to make it to the end of the week and, and that's it. I can never get ahead. Well, that's when you need to, you know, start looking at other things and expanding your horizon of, you know, where, what you can do. Now I understand when you're working a million hours at the low paying job and you're nonstop and you got the boss cracking the whip going, don't look at your phone. Don't, you know, nothing. I get that. That's, you know, it, it's, it's a different level, you know, it, it, you know, people always say, well, it's easy for you to say, you know, cause you've already, you know, accomplished whatever. I don't know. I mean, no, no right. people like to do that to make themselves feel better. And that's where I'm trying to really make that mental shift and change in people with mm -hmm. the asset mindset is you need to make the changes. Like you're saying like, oh, I work all week and uh, you may be working hard, mm -hmm. but you know what? We can all do a little more. You know, you can do that yeah. little bit of extra, find something, or if you need a new skill set. Maybe you need to study and learn to get a skill, to get a raise, to move up that ladder in whatever job you're working. Right. right. You know, and that little extra, I like to talk. I've heard this and I stole it from someone and I don't know who, but what's the difference between ordinary people and extraordinary people? It's just that little extra. It's the same where you just put extra in front of it. And like, if you do that in your life, it will absolutely be a game changer. And if you can get the mindset where you start thinking that way, instead of I can't and how do I, then it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. No, same. I, I just uh, read something and I, I didn't write it down where it came from and whatever, but it, somebody was talking and, and they were saying that if you do four hours a week, I think it was towards any goal, you'll be better than like 90% of the people who do it, you know, of actual effort. I know they were talking about like learning to play guitar or karate or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. And, and I think sadly, that's probably true. <laughs> you know, people don't no, put effort into bettering, you know, themselves and, and changing things. 
and it's not you know it, it's funny when i was a kid like I, I did the you know guitar player and in the rock and roll band thing and whatever and i was fine and and good enough but i'd see people who are amazing and i'd be like well they're born with it you know oh they whatever and then it was funny. A guy like rolled into town and, and was like, Oh, you know, I have this band I'm going on tour and my band's on the West coast and I need a guitar player. I like you as a person, but you know, we'll have to really commit if you want to, you know, come play around with me. And it was like, Oh yeah. For the next three months, we're going to practice four hours a day. And then it's, and then uh, all of a sudden I'm like really good. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> well, so that's what I should have been doing is like, you know, if you want to change yep. something, you got to, you know, put Absolutely. effort in and get some skin in the game. And people, I mean, obviously people are born and have natural talents and different things and things that you're, you know, better at or whatever. But it turns out that just making effort for a consistent, you know, amount of time can really be, you know, a big game changer on your ability. And we're so quick, I think, to just dismiss like, well, they're born with it or their their dad gave them money or they, you know, whatever it is that makes it easy for everyone else. We always kind of, in our mind, it, the lazy way, I guess, is to be that's like, well, for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and no, I think that's definitely true for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, and I will tell you, I've heard this across the board and many people in the military. I've heard it in the sports world. I will take effort over talent or heart over talent any day. All day. Because you can be born with talent. And if you're not working on it, though, someone that works every day, work ethic and heart can outwin talent. And I'm okay. serious with that. And I think there's a prime example out there in the world. Love him, hate him, whatever. Tom Brady. You know, when he came into the NFL, he wasn't the fastest quarterback. He wasn't the best quarterback. But that guy worked. He learned and put effort in. I remember hearing, like, he was the first guy at practice and the last guy to leave. And look what that did for him. Nobody, no quarterback has ever won so many Super Bowls. What has he got, like, seven now or something? Seven rings? Yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible. But other great basketball players, what'd they do? You know, Kobe Bryant. He's like, hey, I'm up. You know, shooting this many baskets, doing this. If I do an extra hour or two, you know, a day, that's 365 hours of extra practice I have, you know, just one hour, 365 days of practice in a year than my competitors. But if I'm doing two, now I've done, you know, 730. You know, it just, those type of things, that's that little extra. And people can do it. And I hope your viewers realize that, whether it's prepping, whether it's a job, just do that little extra, you know, yeah. get focused, put the work in, and then you're going to gain momentum. It's hard in the beginning. It's like the first time you go to the gym, you know, oh, the next day you're sore and it's hard, but the more you do it, you adapt, you know, right. and you overcome those problems and it starts feeling good and you gain momentum. So whatever the dream or the goal you have is, if you can get momentum going, I mean, you're, you're going to go a lot further than you think you could. Like I never imagined that. I would be where I'm at, you know, right. when I was a kid in high school, I came from a small town, you know, there was like, geez, just not even that many. I think my whole entire school, ninth through, you know, 12th grade high school had like 400 kids. You know what I mean? And there's, there's graduating classes that have more yeah. than 400 kids at some schools. Oh, now it's yeah. not the smallest school in the world, but right. you know, like I've talked to some old friends and they're like, I can't believe like, you know, you work for Kid Rock or, you know, you've been right. a special. That's person. cool, right? Yeah. How did that, like, how did you come from this small town here, you know, in the suburbs, like, to know and do and achieve all this stuff? Like, right. so it's, it's possible. And the American dream is still out there. You know, nice. your dreams are out there. Whatever it is you want to do, you, you can make it happen. You just got to do the work. But you yeah. can make the work fun, too. Now, definitely, like you said, though, that mindset, it's funny, I've uh, lately have been in kind of sitting in on the uh, hiring process and, and looking at new, you know, candidates coming in for our mechanics and electricians. And I'll get guys who are like, yeah, I've been doing this 25 years and we'll ask them questions and whatever. But they're they're confident and whatever. But you can just kind of see that they already know it all. 
You know, it's one of those, I always like to say, you know, you can't learn anything if you already know it all. And, yeah. and that's the thing. But if I get a guy who's like, you know what, I, I really am willing to put the effort and learn this. I don't know this one thing, you know, this one section of the job, but that I could really, that to me right away, I'm like, oh, cool. That guy's fine. You know, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about the couple of skills that you don't have. Cause like you said, being trainable or whatever is, but, and, and that's so much better than the guy who believes he already knows it all. You know, that's, but no, absolutely. And that's now, where I'm gonna keep falling back on the mindset is so key and having that asset mindset philosophy, you're always growing, you know, you were in the military too. I mean, you were in infantry, but like we always say at the fighting positions, you're always improving your fighting position. You know, you don't just ooh, build a hide site and then leave it. You know, guess what? That foliage you put out there, the sun bakes on it all day. The, the leaves start wilting. It shows like you're constantly upkeeping. You constantly need to do that in your life. And I know we spoke a little bit about ownership. I'm going to go back to that now because yeah. I think people need to understand how much ownership they need to take of their goals and their dreams. If you have a pet, I know you mentioned a dog. What do you have to do with that dog? Every day you need to let it out. You need to feed it. You need to water it. You need to keep it healthy. You need to take care of it. You need to pet it, groom it, take it to the vets, give it whatever medicine it needs. Every day you are owning that pet. You need to own your dreams and own your goals like you own your pet. Are you working on a dream every single day like you take care of your pet? That's ownership. So if you need to make something happen, that's how you need to own it. I like it. No, I think that's right though. And, and people, like I said, it's so easy to be mentally lazy and just dismiss it as well. That's for other people, but I, I think you're right on it's, it's people need to, you know, own it and, and move forward. And that's even, you know, the job that I'm at now I had, I mean, I, I did good, but I didn't have like benefits, you know, so I had my own like small business or I worked with another guy and, and for a small business and the other guys, you know, whatever, but the, uh, we had had that and I was like, well, I want to get out of New York. I don't want to pay 12,000 a year in, in taxes, you know, in property taxes. And, you know, now I'm like 1400 or something, you know, it's a little different shift, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, we could change that. And, you know, and, and gun laws were important to me and New York was definitely going in the wrong direction. And I was like, I need to find a way out, but in order to do it, I, one, I had to do the uncomfortable of, well, one, I may have to go work for somebody where, you know, I'm working for a company, which I had not done in forever or whatever. And I had to, you know, the job I ended up taking, they were like, oh, look, you have to do these like six college classes while you're here. And, you know, and that's effort and uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, at the time, like 40 years old, and I got to go back to college at, at the community college with a bunch of 18 year olds. And that's probably not going to be that fun for me. And, you know, but it's all these things. And, oh, you know, your pay isn't going to be amazing day one, but you'll get there in, you know, in a year and a half or whatever. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's like there were all these uncomfortable steps. Plus, you know, we all know moving and and whatever is is stressful and and chaotic, but it was so worth to get the outcome. You know, it was worth giving up and making all these changes to, you know, get where I, hey, I can have my own land and do, you know. I mean, I had my own house and whatever, but it just, now I can have what I want. You know, now I have the hundred yard shooting range in the backyard, you know, different things. It's a different world. And it's not to brag. It's, I made sacrifices. You know, people always say, oh, well, that was easy for you. Well, no, it wasn't. Like I used to have rental properties when I was a kid and, and everyone be like, well, that's easy for you, but not for other people. And I'm like, no, I. I made sacrifices and yeah, I had some windfalls, but I also had some really uncomfortable times of, you know, is that house going to sell or whatever? You know, I don't have anybody paying rent this month and I got to figure it out. You know, there, there's sacrifices you make to get where you want to be. And we all make choices. And I think that's really what it comes down to is making choices and deciding to get there. Yeah. You want to make good choices, you know, to move your life ahead, or are you just going to make, Poor choices. You know, that's why I say nobody affects your life more than you do, positively or negatively. And right. 
I think your viewers know that. That's why they're turning in and they're trying to make their lives better. They're trying to prepare for their future. And that's key. Like you, you need to enjoy the moment, but you still should be looking ahead, you know, planning. So your moment should add up to something in the future. Yeah, no, I guess definitely right. Um, now I I don't want to take up your whole morning here, but, uh, now I I'd be the bad guy if I didn't ask you about uh some of your your big uh rock star stories here hanging out with rock stars. What's the uh what's the excitement? <laughs> well, I can honestly say I didn't get to bed till two o'clock in the morning last night doing God. some security work with rock. I can't say what we were doing and what was going on, but it was definitely interesting. And it possibly at some point could make the news again. Who knows? You never know with media or TMZ or different things. But right. uh, now that, I mean, I, I will give you a little something that your viewers can have and most people don't know as far as Kid Rock. Like, he's the American badass, but you know what's hilarious? I pull security on him when he goes to the antique stores. So when we fly in and we're going somewhere for a concert and like we're there a day early or whatever, he's going to go antique shopping. Kid Rock, yeah, one of the things, yeah. I mean, he does a lot of other stuff too. He loves shooting, hunting, and whatnot. But that's just, you know, myself until I got to know him and you know worked with him since Mm -hmm. 2009. Now we met in 2008, so we're going on 15 years. We've known each other, Mm -hmm. and that was just funny. I never imagined that in the beginning. Like you know, how'd you get into something like that? Was it were you just already doing security for people and? or how'd that work out? No, no, that was God's plan, so to speak. I mean, I was in the Bahamas in 2008 mm-hmm. on my birthday. So the year before I was in Afghanistan, literally running missions and clearing houses right. and whatnot on my birthday. So I wanted to do something, you know, that following year. And I just gotten off active duty like 10 days before or something like that a week before. And you know, I'm down there in the Bahamas and I'm chilling out on the beach. I hear a bunch of loud music and I'm like, man, let's see what's going on. You know, I want to have some drinks, you know, have fun. It's my birthday. Who is it? It's Kid Rock and his private cabana on the beach jamming out because he's passionate about music. And I was like, man, that's Kid Rock. You know what? He does a lot for the troops. I got to go up and say thank you and give right. some gratitude for his support. Well, one thing led to another. He's given me gratitude about my service, finds out it's my birthday. He's like, let me buy you a drink. We hang out for three days, you know, and he's like, you got a job? And I'm like, well, I'm looking at doing some stuff and some contracting work or whatnot. But he goes, well, when I get back from Europe, because he had to go over to Europe or something, he goes, I'm going to hit you up. I might have something for you. And I'm like, yeah, right. Nice. Okay. I'm kid rock down. Yeah, the right. Get right he's on that. Yeah. Me for a job, you know? Right. He's a man of his word, you know, and he did. And I went and he's like, I'm happy if you're happy. You do a good job. You work hard. Nice. I'm like, okay, I'll take the job. And I'd worked for him for two years and maintained a friendship. I went back because touring slowed down and Mm -hmm. I was still, you know, I like serving and being with the active duty military still in that community. So I was still doing my DOD work, working with Green Berets and Navy SEALs and whatnot. Not so yeah. that was still good to fight to some degree, but you know, passing the torch on. And then I moved to Nashville, and he's now a resident here in Nashville. And so he's like, Hey, I could use you again when I moved down here. And so for the last couple of years, I've been back on the, nice. the Kid Rock train doing security. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, when I was uh when I was in the Navy, he was always doing all kinds of cool stuff for the troops back, you know, forever. And uh I remember uh when the coal got bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of guys I knew went over and um, like basically got it and and brought it back and and in the Navy whenever you pull away uh, they they play a uh, breakaway song kind of thing when you you pull a, leave a port so uh, yeah no they were playing American Badass uh, when oh, which, yeah. which you're not usually getting a song like that out of uh, out of the Navy yeah. ships but uh, yeah when they when they pulled the coal out of uh, out of Yemen there. They were, uh, yeah. they were, no, absolutely. Um, I actually have some pieces of the coal that I've seen that he has at his house. Yeah. And I oh, yeah. know the story of how that all happened playing the American badass and the guy mm-hmm. locking himself in the, the room so they couldn't stop him from playing it. And the, yeah, yeah. it's some interesting stuff. But 
That's that's the American spirit, you know, when you get down to the core. Our founding fathers and everybody like, no, we're not going to take shit from people and we're going to stand up for what's right. And, you know, I think we still have it. We just need to rekindle it a little bit. But I think the pendulum swings back and forth in life and throughout history. So I think we'll be having a, a swing back to more core values and the so. foolish <laughs> minority ruling the majority. Yeah, I hear you. Sometimes those lessons come hard, but oh, yeah. I, I will say like, you know, people get like, oh, well, politicians were never this corrupt and never, you know, this, you know, slanderous or whatever. And then you read some of the stuff of like the campaigns with the founding fathers and stuff like that. And they were pretty crazy back then too. And, you know, it, like it's kind of always been there. And it just, like you said, kind of goes in cycles a little bit of, you know, how aggressive and how open it is, I guess. But no, it definitely, uh, definitely, uh, it, it repeats itself history, but I'm afraid that the learning curve may be a little hard and long and we'll see, we'll see how yeah. it plays out. It's better to be prepared, I guess is the answer. Absolutely. So, prepared for everything. So if people want to get their mind straight and, uh, you know, kind of figure out how to, uh, how to kind of maybe change their attitude, their, uh, their approach on life and, and find out how to get ahead. They want to check out your book, the asset mindset where, uh, or where, where are we going to get it? Well, you can go to my website, the asset mindset.com and go to the, the book section and you can click buy now, or you can type in B I T dot L Y forward slash the asset mindset. And that'll take you to my publisher's Simon and Schuster page. And then you can pick and choose where you want to buy it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble books, a million, any one of those places have it. We're all over the place. And if you get nice. the book and you like it, please leave a review, Chuck, please leave a review. Reviews help a lot with all the algorithm stuff, as I'm sure, you know, with podcasts and things, yep. you know, a lot of that technical stuff helps out. So and thank yeah. you for having me. It was and enjoyable. Hey, if you buy it now and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, leave the reviews now, it'll give you the big push to, uh, make it a New York times bestseller. It's really what, That's what I'm right? hoping for. Fingers crossed, please. And live in your best life. Christmas is right around the corner. Or if you know anybody that, you know, it doesn't have to be just for yourself. If I get a second, I can share a quick story here. There's yeah, a, yeah. a gentleman that, that got the, the book. And he got it for himself. Well, it turns out his daughter got a hold of it and ended up reading it. And it changed her life. She was in therapy dealing with mental health issues, anxiety, depression. And he goes, my book in a week changed her more than three years of therapy that they've been sending her to. He goes, I saw that change. He goes, I bought the book for all my nieces, nephews, everybody I knew that could need the help mentally. So don't just think of yourself. Think of the circle around you and the people that, you know, maybe you can help. So really everybody needs to go out and buy four or five copies. Just be ready oh, to go. That's, that would help. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, like he said, reviews when you buy the book, reviews for the podcast, you know, anywhere you're listening, comments, give it a like, all that stuff on YouTube. We appreciate it. Otherwise, I would say stay safe and we will talk to you guys next week. Mm -hmm.